0: Well, it is great to be here. So thank you for, after a very busy week and a very busy summer, for making the extra time to be here tonight. Uh, in case you don't know, Kevin likes to talk a lot, so I'm going to try to get a few words in <laughs> now. So uh, anyways, you'll understand later about that one. All right. Well, as Dan said... Uh, we have been praying for you, and uh, certainly in the last couple of years of getting to know Mark and Debbie and uh, others from your church, we have been able to do that. And so what I wanted to do tonight, I just wanted to give an overview sort of of some things from Canada, from Atlantic Canada, the part of Canada we're in, a bit of our church history, a bit of uh, where we're going, and then to tie some things together with uh, how did Mark and Debbie sort of get uh, connected in, and what we sort of feel God's leading us to in the future and how we might be able to partner together with that. Okay, so I'll try to take a few minutes to do that. First of all, let me just say at the beginning, as we've been praying for you, certainly we were praying for you last December and into January, so let's just... I just want to say from our church okay we certainly want to support you and we honored uh Arnold and being able to share uh over the years and uh, our connection is mainly through Don and Stephanie Smith in Eastbourne and so Don and Arnold were contemporaries so uh we can uh through Don knew a lot about Arnold and so we were praying for you all the way through so we just want to send our love and support to you in that and uh in that That's kind of given us a bit of a a bond right from um, the start before we were even physically here, and we were able to have Mark and Debbie over uh, in May, and so that helped connect the dots from our end. So let me just share a few things, okay? If you weren't at North, um, this will be new. If you're at North, you'll get a slight repeat, okay? Let me just first talk about Canada, and it is a very uh, large nation in geography, but a very small nation in population. And as I was saying at North, to try to get some uh, perspective, we have six time zones in Canada, uh, all the way from Newfoundland, Labrador, out to British Columbia. So six. So I'm not quite sure if you went over Europe, six time zones, where you'd end up. But anyways, that gives you uh, just a little bit. Uh, As I was saying as well, where we are in Fredericton, we're on the east coast, so just across the pond. We're about the same distance from you here in Sheffield as we are from Vancouver. So your four hours difference, Vancouver is four hours difference from us. It takes just as long to get to Vancouver as it does to get here. So if you can begin to even wrap your head around that. And up till our uh, church plant this past summer, the nearest uh, New Frontiers church was a 15-hour drive in good weather. So that would be even longer in the winter. And so, if you cross the pond across the Atlantic, the first four provinces you come to on the East Coast, are Newfoundland and Labrador is one province, Nova Scotia, we're the next province in New Brunswick, and you might have heard of Prince Edward Island and Anne of Green Gables as a little island in there. Those four provinces make up Atlantic Canada. So when I talk about a little bit later, our vision for Atlantic Canada... it includes those four provinces, which are more the smaller provinces, smaller in population, and a much more sort of rural area. The next province in from New Brunswick, which, which we border with, is the province of Quebec, which is mainly French. Then we go into Ontario with Toronto and greater population. Then we hit the prairies all the way out, uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta has Calgary and Edmonton, and then British Columbia with Vancouver. We're only 60 miles from the U.S. border, so we're very close to the U.S. border to Maine, and so we're about an eight-hour drive to Boston. So the biggest city we're closest to is actually Boston south, and then west is Montreal about nine hours. So just to try to give you a, a little um, snapshot of that. Okay, so that's sort of Canada. So it's really big. So we have some other new frontiers churches in Ontario and that's growing and developing. We have Reese and Sarah Scott way out in Vancouver. Um, so some of the logistics of gathering together are quite difficult to say the least. So that's what I jokingly said, but it was kind of true. We gathered at North, a whole bunch of us from Canada to meet together because it was almost easier to do that. All right. Uh, Let me just share a little bit about Fredericton. So where we are, it's quite a small, uh, from our great English roots, even though we're only about 70,000, because I had the cathedral, it is the capital city, okay? So we have lots of connection. Basically, everything in Fredericton is named after something in England, okay? So it's great to come here and go, oh, this is the original. So we're from the county of York. Oh, York. (laughs) That's great. We're not that naive, but it is pretty cool to see the original ones. (laughs) So we are, as I said, we're about 70,000, about 110,000 just in around. um, So we're provincial capital, so it's very uh, government-centered. Do you have the term white-collar? We're more white-collar than blue-collar. We also have two universities, University of New Brunswick and St. Thomas University. And between the two universities, we have about 12,000 students. So the ratio is quite... High, and uh, from that we're actually quite a prosperous um, city, and there's actually quite a bit going on because of the university. So we're quite a bit into the IT sector and engineering, forestry lots of um, really neat things taking place. So it's quite a bustling place, even though it's quite small. Uh, we as a church, um, we started back in the late 90s. And to make a long story short, many of us came out of uh, traditional churches. We were quite impacted by the move of the Holy Spirit through the Toronto uh, Blessing. And many of us, as we experienced the Holy Spirit, really didn't fit into an old wineskin anymore. And so many of us uh, really didn't know what to do. And at one of the conferences in Toronto, Terry Virgo was the guest speaker who we had never heard of before, and Dave Fellingham and Fatfish uh, were leading worship. And Terry is really one of the first guys that we heard that brought the whole Word of God, but open to the Holy Spirit. And we are like, what he's saying is what's in our hearts, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and we actually, if you can believe it or not, called... CCK in Brighton and said, hey, we saw Terry Virgo in Toronto. We're a little church that from a place you've never heard of. Will you come and help us? And they put us in contact with Dave and Rosie Fellingham. And over the next several months, Dave and Rosie, uh, we just talked on the phone. This is before too much email, Skype or anything else. And Dave and Rosie prayed and they felt, you know what? God's in this. We're going to come out. And so they came out bless them. They took such a big risk and chance, uh, not knowing us, to Fredericton in 97. And over the next couple of years, really just started teaching foundations of uh, really New Testament church and things that we are quite ignorant of. And in 2002, Dave and Rosie moved out and lived with us for three months to really get us established as a church. So it was great for their church to bless them, to send them out for three months. And at the end of those three months, uh, I began leading the church. So that's just over 11 uh, years ago. And with much fear and trepidation and no experience, um, I started. And uh, it was, this, how's this for a vote of confidence, okay? When Dave left the airport, uh, I said, so Dave, do you really think I can do this? And Dave said, well actually Joe, I'm not quite sure, but we're about to find out. Yeah. So you got to love British straightforwardness. <laughs> I clearly understood where he was coming from and what he meant. Okay? But by God's grace, as Dave and Rosie poured into us, and they really transitioned to Don and Stephanie Smith from Eastbourne uh, pouring into us, and Don's a real father to us, and began to just begin to, to build. And Don said to us right from day one, you need to build a model for New Testament church and life. Because we'd never heard of Ephesians 4 ministries. We'd never heard of apostles, prophets, evangelists. Really was Billy Graham. Teachers taught in schools and pastors. Like That's all we knew. We didn't know about baptism in the spirit. We didn't know about spiritual gifts. Um, all we knew was sort of our traditional church we came out of and a huge renewal meeting in Toronto. So there's quite a stretch <laughs> between those two. And between Dave and Don uh, really helping teach Foundations of what it is to be a grace-filled church, a spirit-filled church, how all that works together. And so really from 2003 to 2010, for those seven years, we just put our head down and we tried to build a foundation for our local church. And Don was very um, good for us in the sense of, you're not ready to church plant. Don's so honest, he's like, Church plant, he goes, Why would you ever want to replicate this? (laughs) He had a valid point (laughs) get it healthy, build well, build a model, and then we'll worry about going out and reaching other things. And so, really, over those seven years, that's what we've tried to do. Really, in 2009, 2010, we got connected to Jeremy Simpkins, uh, which was great for us because, uh, Jeremy had received really many prophetic words about being involved in Canada. Terry, as things developed and spread out, had asked Jeremy to help look into Canada. And Jeremy had, Don, and Don had worked together. So it was a great connection for us because they had relationship. So that worked really well for us. And I came to North in 2010 and in 2011, and we've had a crew over each Year and really things that begin to open up in Canada and so um, I'll talk about that in a second. Basically, where we're at today, um, we have our own building in downtown Fredericton. As much as there's a downtown in Fredericton, and we've had that for several years now. We have our offices there. We do a drop-in for the poor. Uh, we used it for Alpha. We do it for kids things. Uh, our prayer meetings there. Uh, all kinds of things that we try to use throughout the week. Um, Several years ago, we outgrew it as far as our corporate meeting. And so for the last five years, we've actually... We rent uh, a teaching theatre at the university, and then we rent about six, seven classrooms around it for all our kids' work and things like that. And so we've been on the campus, which is quite um, exciting. And we've been looking and praying for another building, but nothing's come up yet. So we keep renting and using or other buildings sort of as our um, launching pad. We have small groups throughout the week, kind of like your core uh, groups. Um, We do lots of different things in the sense of trying to reach the community and um, for our life groups and for uh, different things we do for evangelism and trying to serve the community. We have an eldership team of four. Um, Two of us are full-time. Kevin just retired, so before he was working two full-time jobs and getting paid for one, and now he's working one full-time job and not getting paid for it. And uh, Gary, one of our other elders, he's a principal headmaster of a middle school of about, so age 11 to 13 of about 600 students. So he's good with our church discipline because he's used to dealing with kids. So... (laughs) Gary's a great guy, and he wishes uh, he was here. And then we have Brent on full time. We just came on as an elder in April, and so um, we're—it's uh, a great team. Being able to work together, we really complement one another. We have a full-time administrator, and then we have one lady who works one day a week with us, helping to oversee our pastoral care for women. And we have another, a young guy who's on uh, about two days, yeah, two days a week, working with our kids and our youth. So that just kind of gives you sort of an up-to-date thing on there. I should have mentioned at the beginning, we had some photos, which is real shame, and in our technology world, we completely failed. And so, uh, but just to say, so my wife, Angela, we've been married over 16 years, and we have four kids, we have three boys and a girl, and so we have Micah, Noah, so Micah's 10, Noah's 8, Jarrett's 6, and Anna's 3. And so it's a busy season of life, and uh, they send their greetings, and certainly everyone from our church um, sends their greetings. So we're uh, a great connection there. Okay, let me just check my notes to make sure, see if I'm forgetting anything major on that one. I think that covers things there. Now I just want to transition. I just want to talk a little bit about where we're kind of going from here and what we feel God's saying to us. And so let me just read a scripture to you first. I'm going to take it easy on you, because Mark and Debbie were at our church weekend when I shared this with our church. It took me an hour and a half. So you're going to get like the 10-minute version, okay? And Kevin will throw something at me if I get rambling too much. All right. Well... What I shared from was from Romans 15, and Paul says this, and I'll just share one part which uh, sets us up for what we believe. Paul says, uh, from verse 20, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. And so, from a very... (coughs) simple thing in modeling Paul's life. We believe as we uh, model something, and by all means it's not uh, perfect, and a lot of times you see more of the flaws in church than you see the um, positives. But for us, what how we're trying to build, which would be similar to you, you have to realize in our part of uh, Canada, we're, we are sort of the only church building this way within hundreds of kilometers or miles. And so it's, we're, we kind of stand out because... Um, people don't know quite what to think of us. And we, um, as we've grown and as things have developed, um, looking at Paul, he's saying, okay, I want to look where Jesus, the gospel's not being preached, where disciples aren't being made. I want to go there. And as we see Paul as an example, we see two things. One, he was certainly led by the Holy Spirit, and he was also very strategic. And those two work Together, And so we've been trying to be open and led by the Holy Spirit, but also very strategic. The Holy Spirit part, here's a couple of things that have helped guide us. At our prayer meeting in 2009, when Jeremy is with us, this is how quick things can change. We've been praying, God, what's, you know, we know we're trying to reach Fredericton, but we know at some point we want to reach out into other communities and other areas. Um, a lady in a church named Kim, who's actually a professor at one of the universities, as we were praying for the city and for Atlantic Canada, she prayed this very passionate prayer. And as she began to pray, she began just listing off these different cities and towns in Atlantic Canada. And I think because she was a professor, she named off a lot of the ones that have universities in them. And as she prayed, It was one of those ones, like in 10 seconds, God just dropped into my heart and into my spirit this whole vision of reaching the towns and cities that have colleges and universities in Atlantic Canada. And it was one of those things, before she prayed, I'd never thought of it. After she prayed, I'm like, I know what I'm doing for the next 30 or 40 uh, years, however long it's going to be. And that birthed something of... in in the spirit to say that's giving us some direction and vision. Now, the strategy part of that is this. If we take what Paul just said, we realize where we are, some of the most unreached people are at our universities and colleges for a couple of reasons. One is we have a ton of international students coming from all around the world, most coming from places where the gospel hasn't uh, been preached. So the nations are coming to Canada as the nations are coming sheffield and other places okay second thing is where we're from many students who maybe were in a church or from a christian background when they go to university they get distracted and usually for many years if not for a long time they stop following jesus and so we don't want that to happen okay third thing very common sense Out of those people going to university, students who become teachers, lawyers, doctors, engineers, carpenters, plumbers, mechanics, are influencers wherever they go. And they're being sent out both into other cities, but also, as I said, we're very rural, into rural areas. And it seems obvious that if we can begin to reach some of these places... That as we do that, and that's what's happened, we've already modeled that in a sense in Fredericton, reaching many. Now, we're not just a, a church for university students, so i got to be clear on that. We're a church for the whole city. But that's one key part of making disciples and reaching the nations. And so we've really felt that's a great hybrid of the Holy Spirit leading us and common sense and strategy working together. So God put that in our heart, but... You don't know. So for us, those are 12, including Fredericton, within New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and Labrador. So as we've been praying, we're like, okay, God, that's a great vision, but how do we even begin? Where do we even start? And again, to cut another long story short, God, which is a whole Holy Spirit thing, took one couple who were in a New Frontiers church in Ontario. He was an elder there. They felt called to Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, which is one of our 12 uh, cities. There's a university there. And they came this past year. We worked it out for them to come for a year to be with us in Fredericton and to be trained by us to build a team around them. And just this past summer, so in the last couple of months, they've been able to go and physically move to Charlottetown. In the course of the last couple of years, we've been able to have five other families move to Charlottetown to be with them. So they've just begun this summer uh, meeting together and building a core team. And Kevin and I were just over there two weeks ago to meet with them. We've already had to speed up our plans because they've already are starting to connect with so many people who want, we weren't going to actually have a public meeting until January to work, but now we've had to move up to mid-October because we have so many who are wanting to be able to come. So that's very exciting. The step back from that, and this is how God has a sense of humor, our actual very first church plant we were involved with was over 5,000 kilometers the other way, and that was with Reese and Sarah in Vancouver. So Jeremy, a couple of years ago, began telling me this. He said, I've got this couple, they're really feeling called to Vancouver, they're, they're a great couple, but I think, you know, you're going to need to work with them and everything. But he never told me their names. And so I was like, great. So finally, Jeremy said to me at one point, okay, this couple, they're from London, and their names are Reese and Sarah Scott, thinking I wouldn't know who they were. What Jeremy didn't know, remember I told you Dave and Rosie came in 97 for the very first time? That year, Reese is originally from South Africa. He was being mentored by Dave for a year at that time. And so when Dave and Rosie came in 97, Reese came with them. So the very first time I met anyone from New Frontiers, ever met Dave and Rosie, Reese was with them. So Reese and I really connected. We'd stayed in touch all the way through. Jeremy didn't know any of that. So when he said Reese and Sarah, I was just like, Reese and Sarah. So how can only God can work those things out that 13 years later, we reconnected. And so Reese, because he wasn't a Canadian citizen, uh, we brought him in on a religious visa uh, through our church. So he's actually still an employee of our church, and all their finances have gone through us, and we've helped them on all the legal things, and they're just about there to, in the legal sense, getting established as a church, and then all, obviously in relationship, in prayer, in finances, and in us being able to visit. So that was Vancouver. Now we are working with Charlottetown, so we still have 10 cities and towns, and we have people in our church who are being stirred and feeling called to go to some of those areas, and we're just trusting that God's going to guide us in the future in those things. Some of the prophetic words we as a church have received, probably the number one that has come from many different people, from many different things, is about really being an Antioch church, of of people coming, being trained, and being sent. And as you can see, we're already seeing that um, take place. And so we're really embracing that and just praying into that. As you know, and as Mark, I believe, shared back in July uh, at your meeting, uh, at your family meeting, um, Mark and Debbie felt stirred in the last couple of years about Canada, and with Jeremy's help, began to investigate that. And it's good to test those things and to weigh them and to work together. And so Mark first came out uh, to a gathering in Fredericton in April of 2012 and just to be with Jeremy, and to really meet different people from Canada as we gathered there. And so it was great to meet Mark. We had met him uh, before. And then we had a similar one, a meeting like that, in September of just almost a year ago. And so several of us from Fredericton were there, and we met up, met Debbie for the first uh, time. And of course, we're asking them, you know, so as you try to weigh this out, what do you think? And they're like, oh, we're not quite sure. So at the end of the conference, um, went over, and as we shared together, we had a meal together next To my surprise, because I was thinking they were thinking somewhere else in Canada, than little old Fredericton, they were saying they were feeling a connection to Fredericton. So we're like, well, <laughs> isn't that interesting? And we began to... Uh, Pray into that and for us as leaders in Fredericton and just in relationship and Skyping some and then trying to really seek God together with that. And then Mark was able to come out just a few months ago in April and we had the similar gathering together in Fredericton. And then we had invited Mark and Debbie out to our church weekend. We just thought it would be great for our church, uh, still not really knowing anything just to build relationship. And again, we have to kind of put this one step out of faith and yet We have great common sense not to do anything too foolhardy as well. And so it was great to have them for two weeks and to meet uh, Grace and Josh as well and to have them with us. And really, it's been from that point on, just trying to figure out how is this working? What is God saying? Obviously, you were in a transition time here as well. And so it's really been trying to seek God on, God, what are you doing? What are you saying as we move forward? And that has kind of brought us to these last couple of months of looking at, is there sort of an in-between step? Because the situation we have with Mark and Debbie that makes it different from, uh, say, Andrew and Janet, who came to us from Ontario and stayed for a year, is they have to legally get into the country. And that's a huge uh, issue, and one that doesn't just make it easy for them to say, hey, come on, move over you know, get a job, join the church, we'll figure out how things are, and we'll see what... That's really not a possibility. So this whole in-between step of looking at them coming uh, in the new year for five or six months to be with the church for them to, in a very common-sense way, not sell their house and not do things when we don't know all the legalities of it, yet take a big step of faith to say, we're going to come they're coming in January. That is a huge step of faith. (laughs) In the cold and in the snow. So if they come around at the end of January, you know the weather was not a good thing for them, okay? Of taking that step to say, we're going to test things out, it's a huge step of faith for you as a church. It gives our church family that doesn't really know Mark and Debbie very well, they're kind of going on us as elders, our word of saying, hey, we feel God is in this, but we're testing this out. it gives time over those six months to build relationship with the whole church and to see how that resonates. So we feel it's a very good step of faith, yet we're not rushing into something and being foolish either. And we're believing over that time that we in Fredericton are going to hear from God Mark and Debbie are going to hear from God. You here in Sheffield are going to hear from God as well. And we're hoping and believing that at the end of those six months, we're going to be able to say collectively, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit on some decisions. We're believing God to show us the next steps. Okay? we have Right now, we still have some unanswered questions. What we're believing in those six months, God's going to show us. The next As we're being faithful, and as Mark has taught on Abraham... Okay, we are taking those steps believing God's going to show us the next things. Now that's both scary and very exciting. And we believe that through some prophetic words, through talking through things, through Jeremy helping us as well, that more and more we're not just connecting with Mark and Debbie, that we in Fredericton at Christ Central Frederic, we're connecting with City Church Sheffield as well. And we're Excited and believing that there's going to be more partnership, not knowing necessarily what that looks like, more connections, more hopefully something that's mutually beneficial, that we can support and encourage and help you. And likewise, you can help and support and encourage us in Fredericton and in Atlantic Canada. And I think that's a great thing. And that's really exciting. And so that just gives, hopefully... A bit of a summary of the past, okay, both in church life, kind of present day, where we believe God is taking us in the future, trying to help you understand how Mark and Debbie fit into that, in what we believe God's putting together. Also, hopefully, as we build relationship, and so it was great to meet many of you at North, and so, can I just say as well, well done in serving at North. Well done done. It was a noticeable thing because all the venues I went to, I asked people, so what church are you from? (laughs) City Church? I was like, wow, that's really impressive. (laughs) So well done. But seeing, hopefully, even as I share tonight, okay, we're believing that as we share our hearts, okay, that God's knitting things together, hopefully you'll understand a bit more that. We're going to take good care of Mark and Debbie when they're with us, okay? And that there's some—what's the right word? Uh, not safety might be over, but there's, there's some teamwork involved in this. That, again, as we take this step of faith, um, we believe God's going to show us the next step. And so that's why it's great to be able to share tonight. Hopefully you'll understand more about what's taking place in Canada And our group of churches, to be honest, folks, it's really early days, okay? And anyone who Dave and Don have said it, you know, they feel what's going on in Canada is really what took place in the last 20 or 30 years here in England as far as the New Frontiers family of churches emerging and God building. We're early days in that, and we're privileged to be a part of that early day. And we believe God is doing a stirring in Canada, and we believe what God wants to do is use us to be a blessing for the nations, Canada's a rich nation, just in all of its resources and everything. We want Canada to be a rich, serving nation in the church as well. Okay. Again, let me just go back, make sure there's nothing I left out. Mark, is there anything maybe it would be helpful that I've left out that you would want me just to speak into? Okay. Kevin. Okay. <laughs> Uh, That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, how about, first of all, at the end, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but we just want to take a few minutes. If you have any questions, I'm sure Kevin would be happy to answer them, okay? No, seriously. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask. And again, um, you can ask sort of any question, we'll try to answer it best we can, and if there's any scathing questions, then I'll hide behind here, <laughs> but uh, we want to be open to be able to share anything, and certainly, you know, um, anything, I'll, even about Canada, even general questions about culture, or church life, or, yes? Why is January so bad? <laughs> Why is January so bad? That's a great question. Because most of the time in January, the snow is up to about here, and it can be sort of Celsius minus 25, minus 30 for many days in a row. You're supposed to plug your ears when I'm mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) like... (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. So we have a somewhat long... Winter that uh, can begin sometimes the end of November to about April, but sometimes it doesn't start till January. Yes? Can I ask two general questions? Yes. Can you explain the difference between America and Canada? Yes. And the second question is I can only contextualize it by looking at the states. If there are so many good, strong, reformed, right wing Christians and people like the Gospel Coalition. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, first question, great question. Difference between Americans and Canadians. Whew, that's a tough one to answer. <laughs> Certainly, one huge one is population. So, Canada is like 35, 37 million. The US is, what, 270 or 280 million. So, and if you think 35 million spread out across six time zones, um, it's very stretched out. Now, an interesting thing, about 90% of the Canadian population lives within 60 miles of the U.S. border. So obviously Canada is very influenced from the U.S. I think some fundamental differences, one is a form of government is different, which changes things quite a bit. I think Americans are much more um, passionate about America and about their Uh, citizenship and about their uh, American values. Canadians are a bit more laid back and a bit more open to um, different things. And so it's... so Politically, it's a very different thing. And I think that actually enters into your next question that politics and religion in America is much more intertwined than it is in Canada. For better... For worse. So, Canada's much more neutral on some things, where in the States things are very divided along political lines. So, can I just give you one example? Okay, after 9 11, America had a day of prayer. Okay, now, I won't get into what you might think of that. I'm just saying they had a day of prayer and they weren't afraid to call it a day of prayer. Canada had a day of mourning, where no prayer or anything was mentioned because we're a bit more politically correct and a bit more sort of neutral in the middle um, as far as people where things in America are much more divided along very liberal, conservative, Republican, Democratic lines, and that affects everything. Um, where in Canada, it's not that way. There's a great resistance, I think, to the Holy Spirit um And again, some things aren't the same in talking American, but because we're so influenced by gospel coalition and things, there's much more of what you just mentioned in the States than in Canada. So there's one difference. But I think, uh, and this is my Canadian biased opinion, okay? I think there's great resistance to the Holy Spirit because, one is we have a whole wing of sort of crazy charismatic Um, foolishness that uh, many people don't want to be involved in, so it gets quite divorced. We also have, I think, a very North American-centered, I'm in control, I have my rights, I'll decide what I'm going to do, which makes it very difficult to be led by the Spirit, to submit to the Spirit, and to obey the Holy Spirit when when you are in control and and to be honest, I think that's much more an issue, in North America and America where it's again, am I being taped on this one? <laughs> I think in America it's much more I'm an American first. And Chris like I'm an American comes first over anything else. Sorry if there's any Americans in here. <laughs> Where in Canada, I think it's more out of um, ignorance in the sense of we haven't seen modeled word and spirit churches. And so we've seen crazy Pentecostal charismatic, and we've seen word churches, but we haven't seen the two. And I think the fundamental thing, it always comes back to a foundation of grace, that if you don't have a foundation of grace then the Holy Spirit gets skewed in some way. So all those things we come back to, foundational, your identity in Christ, that you're not competing against one another because you're secure in Christ, that allows you to try out spiritual gifts because you're not going to be condemned if they don't go so well. You're also not going to be prideful if they go, well, all those fundamental things of grace. If you don't have that, then the Holy Spirit a lot of times is used in a manipulative way. That's quite a ramble, but uh, trying to answer some of those things. That's why we need word and spirit. Churches founded found on the grace of God. And the grace of God, one another thing. I got a question over here. This is, this is it. Gospel Coalition, all these great churches, preaching the grace of God for salvation. Absolutely. But what Terry has taught over the years and others about living out life in grace hasn't been taught. So you're, you're saved by grace alone. Hallelujah. And that's what people do. But it very quickly goes back into legalism to try to live out pleasing God and obeying God because it's not based on grace and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Okay, question over here. Yes. One of your main uh
1: in this country it's quite difficult sometimes to be that overt about your faith uh within um within society. Yes. Um, how much receptiveness
0: is there, how much freedom is there within Canada uh, to do that in the workplace on the street borders, wherever you may want to be That's a great question again. So did everybody here you know, just saying how much compared to maybe England culture-wise, do we have freedom to be able to share our faith and the workplace and different things like that. Unfortunate things are changing to be much more post-Christian, even anti-Christian. Where we are on the East Coast, we're a bit more conservative and a bit more, like what it might happen in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, doesn't affect us The sort of 10 years um, down the road. And so we have still... It's a positive and a negative. Let me give you some examples. It's positive in that we could still, most of the time, share somewhat that, hey, I went to church on Sunday. Hey, you know, things. And people wouldn't, like, be that crazy. So that's a good thing. And some people have at least some roots. Probably now it's more their grandparents. But they might say, you know, my grandmother was Catholic. My, you know, my grandparents were Anglican or Baptist. or they, they, It at least... No, and when you, in church life, when you begin to share, at least they, they've heard of Jesus, they know what Easter is, they know what Christmas is. So you have some natural connecting points as opposed to people coming in who you know don't even know that or more and more people haven't heard of Jesus or don't know what Easter The negative is this, is that if I was to invite Debbie and say, hey, you know, our church is doing, say, Alpha or whatever and, you know, everything. And if Debbie said, oh, you know what? My, my family's Catholic, then a wall goes up. Now, a lot of times, I'm just using Debbie the person who says that hasn't been to church in years, and that and their grandmother was Catholic, but they're and so therefore they think, I've got that box ticked in my life and in my family. So a lot of times people think they're Christian just in the sense of we live in a you know my family is Protestant, my family's Catholic, therefore I'm covered, and this wall goes up. That's the part that makes it um, difficult. Kevin, why don't you speak into that? Because you were in the workplace, and just want not you just talk about your experience of what you did? That would probably be helpful.
1: In many workplaces, it's not uh, acceptable to share your faith with people in the workplace environment. It would be, uh, it could even or quite likely would be written in the rules of the company that you can't do that. You can't proselytize. You can't uh, do that. So you you could do it socially, outside of work, that kind of thing. It, things could be done in the workplace, but if anybody took objection to it, that would be a potentially difficult situation. So that's kind of in the workplace. One other thing about, I think, uh, I don't know how, how it is here, but in Canada we tend to be... Uh, a very uh, mixed group culturally in Canada, and it's becoming more so all the time. And over time, it's become very um, much of value in Canada to accept differences and to, you know, try to be inclusive in the culture and all of that. And uh, that can actually present quite an obstacle because it actually has swung around to the point where the, boat, the only thing that is not good is if you're a Christian. So it, it becomes uh, very narrow-minded and, and looked down upon if you have uh, a position that assumes that, you, that you've that you got a or presents that you've got some sort of truth that's actually universal and actually contradicts some of these other things. So that's kind of the... Uh, a cultural thing that 's happened uh, over the last ten or twenty years, yeah.
0: so Kevin was an engineer in our New Brunswick Power Corporation, so for many years he just uh, retired at Christmas, so he was living that out and being involved in elf and everything, but in the workplace. yes uh, i <laughs> 've been waiting for this. I thought this would be the first one. Absolutely, no, we we got our priorities, yes. All squash. <laughs> I have many sarcastic remarks going through my head. But in love I'll say yes we do we have some great indoor courts the YMCA is only two years old brand new, it's just waiting for Mark okay, so Uh 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 any other important questions about sport? Uh question at the back, yes I'll, I'll remain a polite Canadian. <laughs> you would be interested to know, over the last several years, the amount of kids registered in what we would call soccer, your football, has exceeded ice hockey every year. So more and more. Football would be even more popular if it wasn't for winter. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that snow ice telling you about up to here? A little hard to run in, (laughs) but what they're doing is they're building more and more indoor pitches that you can play in, and so actually, soccer is becoming more and more uh, popular, and we've got a couple teams in the MLS that's for Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. So it's more, it's very, very popular, and certainly, but. Ice hockey really is the the best sport, so we'll we'll leave it there. Yeah. So an ice hockey player, That's right, my biased opinion. Go you environment Can you give us an idea of the demographic of your church in terms of families? Yes. No, that's a good question. So just talking about the demographic of our church. Um, so we would have people, right, newborn right into their um, 70s. So we have the whole... Sort of game. I don't know if we have anyone in their 80s or not, but um, into their 70s, we would. We have a lot of young families, that's for sure. So we have. uh, I was telling Mark and Debbie like we have under the age of 12, we have between 90 and 100 kids. Um, So there's a lot of (laughs) a lot of kids, and then certainly our teenagers. And you know, we have more students from like September to April, so. That's our, when our school term goes. Um, but certainly we have the whole sort of gamut. And uh, right now we're probably, if everyone showed up on the same Sunday that called our church their church, we'd be over the age of 16 between 200 and 230 um, plus kids. But we probably average like 225 a week because that many people are away working, sports, those sorts of things. So it is quite a mixed group, but we have a lot of kids. I think most people, when they come to our church, that's the thing that stands out to them. <laughs> yeah, a good question. All right. Yeah, and we have several nationalities. So we've had people, just one, we'll get that one. We, um, like, I think one service, I count it, and again, it's a lot of it to do with university, but I think we had like 18 nationalities in, during, so we've have many come from all over the world and we we it's been a privilege we've seen people say from China, Japan, Germany, um, Korea, all all over, over the years, so it's been really exciting. A question here. Um, do you often see bears interesting you anyone so have we ever seen bears? Yes. What's that? Oh, we have some great animals, that's for sure. You almost don't want to see bears. That's the, that's the thing. No, we've, we, we've seen bears. Moose are very interesting to see. They are strange-looking, and they are massive. So where we are, we have more black bears. So grizzly are out on the West Coast. They're much bigger. But we have a lot of black bears. We have a lot of deer, uh, raccoons, squirrels, all the usual Things, But in some places, we would have more deer than we do people. Um, so in no word of a lie, in some of the places you drive, you'll see more wildlife on the roads than you will see cars. So that's how, because um, it's very, again, it's just such a different thing. Because our next biggest city is Halifax, our Halifax, not your Halifax, which is a four-hour drive. And for us, it's like four-lane pretty much through trees for the whole four Hours, if you can even pitch that question over here Do you have the same gun, gun no, we have a totally different gun culture than the United States um, and certainly from Texas, which is a whole different uh, place. Our guns are mainly for hunting and not for personal like most people don 't now again we 've got gun problems in Toronto and other Big cities and gangs and things like that, but not to the extent we would have most like a lot of people would have rifles and things for hunting, but they wouldn't have handguns that they would um carry so it's really 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 different um, it It is amazing, like I said we're sixty miles from the border, and the difference between one mile across the border is quite noticeable it's hard to it's hard to imagine, but it really it really is. It's they are two di- different cultures, mm-hmm. Chris. If there's one thing that we could pray for you guys as a church, it man, I gotta pick one. I'm about to give you ten. How are you gonna try to solve I. I'm gonna cheat and break it in one thing into two things. Okay. I think it's really, really important, especially with our first church plant, and that for people, as we share this vision, for our people, and we're trying to hammer this in, for people not to get in the mindset that all the important people are going to church plant and the leftovers are staying in Fredericton. And so to pray, and so we keep saying, we in we are still the church plant to reach. Fredericton. And so to have still a passion and a desire to reach our neighborhoods and that in Fredericton, along with having ear to the Holy Spirit and believing God's going to continue to train and send people out. So we don't want to lose fervor in our local church as we send people out. And so I think that would be probably the number one. At, certainly at this time, and Kevin, you might have something else with that, but... Yeah, so I think, I think it would be great to pray for us that the church in Fredericton have a passion, a vision to reach our city and our neighborhoods just as much as we want people who are sent out to reach the city they're going to. And that's, we have to really work hard that people don't or even think we've arrived, we've, we've got at least a model now, now we can coast. <laughs> we need to reach our. Let's see, okay, Dan. I know that you mentioned a couple places like Charlottetown
1: and Halifax. Yeah. Of those total twelve, mention a few other places? That
0: yes, to I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you a list, okay? <laughs> so they won't make any sense to you, but you'll when you get a map and and things. Um, so we have four in New Brunswick, our province. So there's us in Fredericton. We have Moncton and Saint John, and a little place called Sackville. You can remember Halifax, okay? So so in Nova Scotia, we have six in Nova Scotia. Um, so there's Antigonish, Sydney, Halifax, Wolfville, um, a, a place, uh, Church Point, and Truro. And then we have Charlottetown and Prince Edward Island and St. John's with an S in Newfoundland, um, in Newfoundland and Labrador. So if you can even remember a couple of... It's easy to remember a St. John and a St. John's. So if you can't remember... In, Hopefully you remember Halifax, okay? I like, can
1: pull maps upon
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. Oh. That's fine. There we go. So you can see this line here. That's the line to the U.S. right starting here. So Holton right here, that's the United States. So we're 60 miles from that. So here's St. John. Moncton, Sackville's not on there. You can see Charlottetown and Prince Edward Island, the island. So there's a bridge that connects it. And then we come into Nova Scotia. You can see Halifax down here, Truro, Annapolis. some of the other ones you just can't quite see. And Newfoundland's way up here. You can only get there by boat or plane. So um, there we go. There's the rock. So St. John's is just over here at this end right there. There's St. John's. So again, you can see the geography. To get to St. John's is a real... Angela and I were just there in June for four days because we actually have a couple, Rufaro and Samu, who were in a New Frontiers church in Zimbabwe. Um, He's a doctor. He's at the university there in St. John's um, for a couple of years. So my wife Angela and I were out to pray and to see while they're there what God might do as we have a key couple um, there. But it's... So it took us a four hour drive to Halifax and then a two hour flight to St. John's to to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're over here in New Brunswick and there's Vancouver. (laughs) So So if you have other relatives in Canada and you want to drop in to see Mark and Debbie, <laughs> it might not be that easy, okay? So I'll just warn you now. All right. Well, We'll have one final question right here. Now, if you have 90 kids in your church? Yes. And you run a club your summer, yes. How many of your uh, church family are not in? The Quite a few. Um When Mark comes over, I'm going to let him introduce that concept, okay? It's a great question. Now, here's, here's the key. <laughs> now, here's the key, okay? The key is we build teams and we try to get all hands on deck And we do the child protection policy training and all those things. So it's all, you know, you just don't take anyone. But we have everybody involved that in all the groups you work two weeks on and for most of them you have six off And any of those age groups. So you serve for two and you have six where you are in the meeting. And so we try really hard not to burn anyone out. We try to arrange it for those who are serving, obviously, to hear the message online. And in our life groups, they discuss what was happening on Sunday and trying to keep people um, connected to it. A lot of it is for couples. Um, they have the choice of either working together, so they're serving together for those two weeks, or one will work those two weeks, so one is in the meeting and they switch. But it is a big um, issue. What? One challenge we have, to be honest, is a very practical thing is um, in the auditorium we're, we're now renting, which we haven't been able to find anything bigger. If we were to keep everybody in, we would we have the possibility of not having enough room for everyone. And so that, that is sort of one thing on a very practical, whole different thing, is that we would be doing well um, to keep everybody in for the whole the whole time so but there is lots of things to just to think about on those ones so yeah so there's um canada and obviously we have three territories at the top yukon northwest territories Nunavut. um that we'll get to at some point hopefully <laughs> 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 so if ontario does their part and out West does their part then we'll all we'll cover things so you can see when i say atlantic canada those four provinces when i say they're smaller and it's you know, smaller population, more rural. You can see how it's quite different from um, the rest. And a whole part B would be to get into whole vision for French-speaking and into Quebec and things like that. But that's a whole other thing we have in our hearts. But in a couple of years' time, we'll we'll share more about that. Okay, okay, Mark. Can I just take a minute, first of all, just to pray? And then, and then we can decide what to do, okay? Alright, if you don't mind, can I just take a minute? And let's just pray. So I'd love to be able just to pray for you as a church and for this partnership that we believe God's, uh, forming and to, uh, press into that, okay?